0: But most of all, I want to thank all of you. I know that
1: because of some traffic getting into Dulles, we were a little bit delayed. That was Barack Obama, November 3rd, 2008, speaking at the Prince William County Fairgrounds in Manassas, Virginia. His final 2008 campaign rally before winning the presidential election the next day. The big takeaway from that speech? Yes, even presidential candidates get delayed at Dulles Airport just like people who aren't president, just like people like you and me. This is a special Thanksgiving podcast dedicated to anyone traveling through an airport for the holiday, specifically traveling through Washington Dulles International Airport for the holiday. You might even be at Dulles Airport right now, suffering from long lines, faraway parking, or flights that have been delayed or canceled. But while you may curse Dulles, here's something you can cheer. The C-SPAN Podcast the Weekly because of this fun fact. This Thanksgiving week, Dulles turns 60 years old. The airport was dedicated by President John F. Kennedy on November 17, 1962. Did you know that? There's lots of other fun facts to learn about Dulles. So, to mark this Thanksgiving, C-SPAN's The Weekly eases your travel aggravation by serving up seven historical facts you may not know about Dulles Airport, or even care about. So, turn your podcast download... Like me, you probably thought Dulles Airport was named after Mr. Airport. Believe it or not, that's not true. It was named after John Foster Dulles. He served as Secretary of State under Republican President Dwight Eisenhower from 1953 through 1959 when he died. His brother, Alan Dulles, was the first civilian director of the CIA, also under Eisenhower. John Foster Dulles also was briefly a U.S. Senator from New York in 1949. His Republican street cred, however, didn't prevent Democratic President John F. Kennedy from saying nice things about him at the November 17, 1962, airport dedication.
2: I also want to say how appropriate it is that this should be named after uh, Secretary uh, Dulles. He was a member of an extraordinary family. His brother, Alan Dulles, who served uh, in a great many administrations, stretching back, I believe, uh, to President Hoover, all the way to this one. His brother, John Forster Dulles, who, at the age of 19, was uh, rather strangely the secretary to the Chinese delegation to The Hague, and who served nearly every uh, presidential administration from that time forward to his death in 1959. Their uncle, uh, who was Secretary of State, Mr. Lansing. Their grandfather, who was Secretary of State, uh, Mr. Forster. I know a few families, and certainly few contemporaries, who rendered more distinguished and dedicated service to their country. And therefore, I think that all of them can feel, in the name uh, Dulles Airport, a sense of
1: participation. When President Kennedy attended the Dulles Airport dedication, he viewed a bust of the late Secretary of State, which leads to fun fact number two. Where's the bust? For the answer, let's hear from Stephen Kinzer. He wrote the book, The Brothers, John Foster Dulles, Alan Dulles, and Their Secret World War. Stephen Kinzer appeared on C-SPAN's Q&A program October 3rd, 2013.
0: Stephen Kenzer, in your book, The Brothers, John Foster Dulles and Alan Dulles, you tell a story up front about Dulles Airport in Washington and the statue and the naming. What, what is that? John Foster Dulles had recently died when that super airport out in Chantilly, Virginia was being built. And President Eisenhower immediately announced that the airport would be named Dulles Airport. Uh, For a while, when Kennedy took over, he didn't want to name it after a crusty old cold warrior, but there was pushback from others, and finally the decision was made to name it after Dulles. You can still see the film clip of Kennedy opening Uh, the airport with Eisenhower there and Allen Dulles there and he pulls back a curtain and behind the curtain is this giant bust of John Foster Dulles and that bust stands in the middle of this big airport so I went to see it while I was writing this book and I couldn't find it I started asking the security guards where's the big bust of Dulles nobody had ever even heard of it. It was a long process, and finally, thanks to the Washington Airport's authority, I was able to discover that the bust had been taken away from its place in the middle of the airport, and it's now in a closed conference room opposite baggage claim number three. And I find this a wonderful metaphor for how the Dulles brothers who at one time exercised earth-shattering power and were able to make and break
1: governments, have now been effectively forgotten and airbrushed out of our entire history. At this point, you might be wondering, what did John Foster's Dulles sound like? Well, that is fun fact number three. We have the answer. And no, he did not sound like the roar of a jet engine or the ding that goes off when it's safe to move around the cabin. On October twenty-fifth, 1954, President Eisenhower met with his cabinet on TV. It was the first time a cabinet meeting was broadcast on television. The topic, Western Europe. And who did President Eisenhower turn to? Our man, Secretary of State John Foster Dulles. Here's how the historic first televised cabinet meeting began. So uh, for this one time, uh, we are having this uh, meeting of the cabinet on all of these
3: uh, media publicity, Secretary Dulles. Mr. President, I certainly
2: greatly appreciate this chance to make an early report to you and my cabinet colleagues and the American people about the events which culminated in Paris last uh, uh, Saturday, day before yesterday. I believe that the importance of these events justifies their immediate consideration by the American nation. I realize how difficult it is when you're right in the midst of things to make a sound judgment, but it is my honest opinion that history will not soon forget the results which came about, culminated in Paris last
1: Saturday. Before we move on to fun fact four about Dulles Airport, one more note about John Foster Dulles. In that clip, we heard his report about his trip to Paris. It makes sense that they named an international airport after him. He was the first secretary of state to travel one million miles. As Congressman Stephen Horn, a Republican from California, noted... On January 27, 1998.
2: Secretary Dulles at one part of the territory around Washington was honored by President Eisenhower when he named the International Airport, the John Foster Dulles International Airport. He was the first secretary to travel one million miles in implementing a bipartisan, democratic, republican foreign policy He put together the alliances which contained the Soviet Union.
1: Now, fun fact number four. Bob Dole wanted to change the name. In 1990, the longtime Republican Senate leader introduced a resolution that urges the Washington Metropolitan Airport Authority to change the name of Washington Dulles International Airport to Eisenhower International Airport while retaining the name of the main terminal, the Dulles Terminal. Washington has two airports named after Republicans. The other, Ronald Reagan. On February 6, 1998, President Clinton signed into law a bill that changed the name of Washington National Airport to Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport. Two days earlier, during House debate over that name change, Democratic Representative James Oberstor of Minnesota cited Bob Dole's advocacy to change Dulles to Eisenhower.
3: The precedent for the motion I offer is that offered by no less than the Senate minority leader in 1990, almost eight years to the week, uh, Senator Dole, who offered a joint resolution uh, to urge the Washington Metropolitan Airport Authority to use its existing authority to change the name of Washington Dulles International Airport to Eisenhower International Airport. Note, Senator Dole rose to urge the Washington Metropolitan Airport Authority to use its authority to change the name of Washington Dulles to Eisenhower International. He was in the Senate when the legislation was introduced and enacted to create the Metropolitan Washington Airport Authority to to rebuild both Dulles and Washington National. His great wife was the Secretary of Transportation at the time.
1: Democratic Representative Jerry Nadler also opposed the name change and cited both President Eisenhower's Secretary of State and President Clinton's Secretary of State.
0: But once you get into the office of renaming things that are already named, I think John Foster Dulles wasn't the great Secretary of State. Maybe we should rename... Uh, Dulles Airport after Warren Christopher. I mean, once you start getting into the area of renaming things that already have a name, and then it becomes a question of the political fashion of the day, I think you've entered very treacherous ground, and it doesn't make
1: sense. A history footnote. Representative Nadler is from New York. Both Reagan and Dulles airports have direct flights to John F. Kennedy International Airport in New York. Before it was renamed for the Democratic president on December 24th, 1963, 32 days after he was assassinated, JFK Airport was called Idlewild. Now, fun fact five, political press conferences at Dulles. Holding a press conference outside Dulles isn't remarkable. On July 12, 2021, for instance, Texas state Democratic lawmakers spoke to reporters after arriving at Dulles. They called on Congress to pass voting rights legislation.
0: Thank you for meeting us out here. Uh, My name is Chris Turner. Uh, I'm a state representative from Grand Prairie, Texas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I have the privilege of serving as the chair of the Texas House Democratic Caucus, some of the finest and bravest public servants you will ever see. And I am so proud of this group that is standing here uh, behind me and, and our other companions and colleagues were are en route uh, to join us this evening and tomorrow morning.
1: That was outside Dulles Airport, but a press conference inside? Well, 30 years ago they could, and did. In 1992, Pat Buchanan challenged President George H.W. Bush in the Republican primary. On March 18, 1992, Buchanan held a press conference inside the airport. In fact, fasten your safety belts and harnesses for this one. When his flight arrived, the media met him, at the gate gate a four and that's where the press conference was held right in the terminal
2: let me just say today clearly the president won two uh, big victories yesterday in michigan and illinois and he appears to be headed for the nomination and only celestial intervention uh... could interrupt that process and so uh, uh... our campaign however because it was not simply about delegates
1: is going to continue. A press conference inside a Dulles Airport terminal? Wow. Okay, let's go for broke. How about a congressional hearing inside Dulles? Yep, had one of those too. February 17, 2006, a House hearing on airline passenger baggage screening. Here's House Government Reform Committee Chairman Tom Davis. Right here at Dulles Airport, according to a July 2005 Washington Post article, one airline reported that their flights are being delayed as much as 45 minutes because of the limited number of baggage screening machines. Fun fact six, Dulles Airport has been part of presidential history. No, it's wrong, again. Fun fact six, Dulles Airport has been part of presidential history, specifically the end of presidencies. Let's go to a June 19, 2019 House hearing on aviation safety. Here's Captain Daniel Carey, president of the Allied Pilots Association.
0: You know, we have to get away from the days of the American pilot, machismo and the Top Gun movie. Uh, Pilots, uh, Ethiopian Airlines flies a plane into uh, Washington Dulles every day from Addis Ababa, and they have been doing it for years. They have a proud aviation culture. They were founded by TWA in 1945 and managed uh, through uh, 1975. Uh, They're very proud of the fact that Emperor Selassie was the only uh, head of state from Africa to attend JFK's funeral because he had a Boeing aircraft that brought him here.
1: Dulles is also connected to Watergate, part of the history of Richard Nixon's resignation and Gerald Ford becoming president. In 1970, Donald Rumsfeld was named a White House counselor to President Nixon. Dick Cheney came along as his deputy. In 1973, when Rumsfeld left the White House, Dick Cheney left too. In August 1974, Nixon resigned the presidency. The night of the resignation, Rumsfeld was in France. He was serving as U.S. ambassador to NATO. He got an urgent message from Vice President Ford to return to Washington at once. Rumsfeld asked Cheney, his former assistant, to meet him at Dulles International Airport. Rumsfeld was handed a sealed envelope from the now President Ford to head the transition team. From an August 9, 2004 ceremony in the Capitol Rotunda honoring Gerald Ford, on the 30th anniversary of his presidency, here's Don Rumsfeld. It was 30 years ago that uh, President Nixon resigned and President Ford was sworn in and I arrived at Dulles Airport
0: and it was uh, um, a, uh, an important moment in,
2: in all of our lives, the transition that took place that day.
1: The Vice President's comment was, yeah, Rumsfeld, you were probably wearing the same suit And here's Dick Cheney from the same August 2004 event. Thinking back uh, to 30 years ago this week, I remember that trip to Dulles to pick up Don and uh, the work we began then at
0: that time on a sudden and very difficult and challenging transition. We can all remember that summer, the anger and the bitterness that filled the air here in Washington. We remember the uncertainty that Americans felt as our country passed through the worst constitutional crisis since our Civil War. And above all, we remember the man who stepped
1: into the East Room that Friday, raised his right hand, and took the oath of office. After Nixon and Ford, the next Republican president was Ronald Reagan. Which brings us to our seventh and final fun fact. Dulles Airport has been mentioned in a State of the Union address. That's right, February 4th, 1986. Here's President Reagan, back before he had his own airport named after him. This
0: nation remains fully committed to America's space program. We're going forward with our shuttle flights, we're going forward to build our space station, and we're going forward with research on a new Orient Express that could, by the end of the next decade, take off from Dallas Airport, accelerate up to 25 times the speed of sound, attaining low Earth orbit, or flying to Tokyo within two hours.
1: If you're delayed at Dulles right now, you probably wish you could hop on a speedy Orient Express if they only existed. By the way, in that 1986 State of the Union speech, President Reagan didn't just name Dulles Airport. He also mentioned by name a classic 80s movie. And it's our bonus clip.
0: Never has there been a more exciting time to be alive. A time of rousing wonder and heroic achievement. As they said in the film, Back to the Future, where we're going, we don't need roads.
1: Maybe not roads, But if you're flying out of Dulles, you still need bus-like mobile lounges. That's it for this Thanksgiving episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly. We hope you found it exciting. Not dull, not duller, not even Dulles. Want to learn more about Dulles Airport or John Foster Dulles? Use the C-SPAN video library. Just fly off to c-span.org and use the search bar on top. No registration or boarding pass is required. What a great way to pass time all Thanksgiving, whether you're waiting in the TSA line or the ticket line, the baggage carousel line, stuck in the tarmac, mourning the loss of in-flight magazines, taking your shoes off, or just plain sleeping on the floor. Thanks for listening. Thanks for giving. Safe travels and safe searching.